King's Court starts now. and all points north, east, south, and west. We welcome you in. This is the Window World, stl-cars.com, King's Court, coming away live on kevinslaytonshow.com. You can find the podcast on our website here, kevinslaytonshow.com, Apple, Amazon, Google, Spotify, Anchor, any place they play, find podcasts, you'll find ours. And we thank you for making us in the top 5% of all podcasts worldwide. Thank you to our great listeners and your loyalty and your support. 
We always appreciate it. Well, uh, we don't have phone lines just yet. We expect to have them hopefully by tomorrow, if not certainly by Monday. But nonetheless, as we await the Pony Express delivering our new phone, our listener line, we marshal on and soldier on because fortunately for, for us, these nitwits have given us enough fodder to speak for days and weeks and months and years on their corruption, illiteracy, the way they insult us, the way they treat us. Every time I hear that song, Trump won, I think Trump should open his rallies as he campaigns for 2024 with that song. That way he could refrain from talking about the 2020 election himself, play that song, come on stage to a raucous ovation, say, that's right, we won in 2020, we're going to win in 2024, and here's how. And boom, move right into what he plans for us for the future. doesn't get any better than that. I should be running his campaign. And I won't even talk to the Russians. I think it would be good for the president. It would be good for the country if I was in charge of his campaign. We'd run a winner. But he's won before. He can do it again. He needs us, though, and he needs us desperately. This country needs us desperately. What you're going to hear today is a clip that we've got from the TV show Newsroom. I don't know if you recall. It was on an HBO show. It was written by Aaron Sorkin, and he put it together. He is a flaming liberal. But the scene that you'll hear with Jeff Daniels, the actor who played Will McAvoy, the news anchor, the network news anchor, takes liberals to school. And it gives us the best description of what this country has become today, even though this scene was written six years ago. And everything you'll hear Jeff Daniels speak about is true today. And the premise of the clip in the scene is America is not the greatest country in the world anymore. Could be, should be, but it's not. And if you think it is, you're deluding yourself and we will sink into the the abysmal swamp that is Washington, D.C. if you continue to delude yourself into thinking this is the best country in the world. It's not. So all of the patriotism is bogus right now. It's time to get to work. That's like sitting there and saying the Cardinals are such a good team. Maybe they should be, maybe not, but the bottom line is they're not. And this country is not the best, greatest country in the world today. Still can be. But when we continue to blame other people for the woes of this country, look in the frickin' mirror and tell yourself, did I vote for this asset? Did I vote for Cory Bush? Because if you did, you're the reason this country is no longer the greatest in the world. You'll hear from Cory Bush, this illiterate who is a member of Congress, the kind of ghetto talk that she speaks. You can, you know, you can take the wench out of the hood, but you can't take the hood out of the wench. And when you hear this total embarrassment speak, you're ashamed that she's from Missouri. You're ashamed. She's nothing but a street walking BSer. That's all she is. 
And, of course, somehow or another, she got her claws into George Soros and got herself elected. Lacey Clay, wake up. You're you asleep at the switch. We may not like Lacey Clay and his policies over 50 years with the Clay family in charge from that district, but they were better than her. She's an embarrassment to this city. And yet she continues to elude in every time she speaks that she's from St. Louis. Quit embarrassing St. Louis. It's embarrassing enough. You'll hear from her in the hearings from yesterday with regard to John Durham. Now, Durham's report obliterated the FBI and the Department of Justice. But what it didn't do was go far enough. It didn't even come close. John Durham, as I said throughout this, was weak, ineffective. It isn't hard to expose the FBI and the Department of Justice for the corruption uh, agencies that they are. But no one went to jail. Supposedly, Durham was an independent investigator with all kinds of powers to investigate. But we're going to find out as we go along this morning, he didn't have those powers. And the ones he had, he failed to use. And you'll hear a particularly testy exchange between Durham and Matt Gates, the congressman from Florida. You'll also hear a little bit from the typical Democrats. These people, these Democrats, are so mentally deranged. They hate this country so much. They use all of these hearings to tell more lies, to try to put themselves on television so they can get reelected, to try to destroy Donald Trump, and then whomever the subject is being that is testifying, they want to ruin that person's life. They want to tar and feather their reputation. And they don't care how many lies they tell to do it. They've done it every single time. You can go back to Brett Kavanaugh when he was trying to become a Supreme Court justice, Jack Gorsuch. Anyone that Donald Trump nominated, that's what they went through. And now yesterday, Durham went through the same thing. You're going to hear from Steve Cohen, the hillbilly from Tennessee, who, if you remember, brought a bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken into Congress's hearing hall one day. Try to destroy Durham's reputation, but you'll hear Durham's comeback for the ages. In fact, Durham's comeback elicited some applause. But you'll hear the dumbest congressman perhaps on earth, Hank Johnson from Georgia. You know, the guy who thinks that if too many military personnel are on the island of Guam, it will tip over if they're all standing at one side. This guy actually believes that and said that publicly. He's in Congress. <laughs> Cory Bush and Hank Johnson are in Congress. Do you need to say any more about Congress and the IQ level of that place? It's pathetic, is it not? I have a friend of mine who said he'll donate money to Trump's campaign if he hires me as campaign manager. We've got to get the word out to President Trump. I'm telling you, that's the opening song to every rally. should be. And then have a picture of Hank Johnson and Cory Bush up, too, and say, do you want Congress to look like this? See, when people say, well, we need more black congressmen and women, you know, you can make that argument all day. I never make those kinds of idiotic arguments. We don't need any more black, any more white, any more Hispanic. We need qualified people. Your quota system, you're seeing what your quota system yields. 
It yields Hank Johnson and Corey Bush. If I remember the black community, I'd be ashamed. I'd be embarrassed for the black community. I'd be embarrassed to be black knowing those people were there. I'm embarrassed to be white, by the way, just so you know. I'm not saying that if I were black, that's the only way I'd be embarrassed. I'm embarrassed to be white because Joe Biden's white. He gives white people a bad name everywhere. This lying piece of crap. Criminal. I don't know what you can be anymore. Maybe Asian. There aren't aren't too many bad Asians that I'm aware of. Anna Paulina Luna's Hispanic. She's somebody to look up to. But I don't know too many black or white people in Congress that I would look up to. Not, Not look up to, but even admire. (laughs) <laughs> and then, of course, the Hispanics have to be embarrassed by this Francis Suarez, the mayor of Miami, who claims, and you're going to hear it from him today, say that he wrote in Marco Rubio in 2016, his friend for president, <laughs> and then voted for Mike Pence, wrote in Mike Pence in 2020. This guy wants to be taken seriously as a candidate for the presidency? You wrote in a guy's name that was already on the ticket? You jackass, how dumb are you? Now, the truth is, he didn't write in either one of those people. He's just a liar. And one of the congressmen, Congressman Chris Jimenez from Florida, will expose him as the liar that he is. You'll hear that today. You'll hear the hypocrite Biden talking about book banning and Ron DeSantis's reaction to that. James Clapper, you know that nitwit that was with the, uh, was he with the CIA? or I can't remember which corrupt operation he was with. He's one of the 50 who signed on to that letter claiming the Hunter laptop was Russian disinformation. He still believes it today. <laughs> I mean, this is how insane liberals are. And you'll hear him say it. If you're not paying attention, you wouldn't have noticed, but the liberal media is ignoring Robert F. Kennedy's campaign as if he doesn't exist. They're giving him the Trump treatment. You'll hear from Stuart Kaplan today. He's a former FBI agent and a lawyer who reads through Durham's report like nobody can and has a suggestion for the FBI. That's all coming our way today right here. In the window world, stl-cars.com, King's Court. But first I want to tell you that stl-cars.com has the car for you, has the SUV for you, has the truck for you. All you have to do is call them at 314-626-3251. Now don't call them right away. Go on their website first, stl-cars.com. Look at the thousands of cars, SUVs, and trucks they have there for you. Pick one. Call or text that number. Tell them that you want this particular automobile. Tell them the price you want to pay for it, and it's yours. Ask for Don when you call, 314-626-3251. They'll deliver it to you. I've had three vehicles I purchased from stl-cars.com. My son just purchased one. Delivered to him straight from Alabama. 314-626-3251. 314-626-3251. Now, that's a new number, so jot that down when it comes time for you to look for a car. Whether it's a second car, 
brand new car, truck, SUV. They've got them all. They've got an extensive inventory around the country that they draw from. And they'll find whatever it is you want at the price you want it. 314-626-3251. Eliminate all the headaches of going to look for a new car. And there are plenty of them. Don't waste another Saturday, your day off, driving from one dealership to the next, banging your head against the wall, when all you have to do is go on their website and tell them what you want. 314-626-3251. Brennan was CIA, I forget. Another criminal. Anyway, yesterday, and, and this was... You know, a, a moment that I will cherish for the rest of my life. Maybe I shouldn't be that excited about things like this, but I am. Yesterday, after failing the first time, the House of Representatives voted to censure Adam Schiff for his repeated lies regarding the Trump-Russia collusion. Now, the, the, the last week they uh, filed this motion, and this is Anna Paulina Luna who who filed it. And it included a $16 million fine, and so 20 Republicans voted against it, cowards that they are. Why would you not vote for it? He either lied or he didn't lie. Why would the fine make a difference? But once you remove the fine from the censure bill, the Republicans jumped in and voted for it. When I say blow up the whole thing, I mean Republicans too. So it's her first term. She has courage. And she's not messing around with Schiff. So Schiff is just the third congressman this century to face a formal rebuke from the House. Now, it doesn't mean anything, except that he now has a big, his big name on a very short list, one of three people. They love to refer to Donald Trump as the impeached former president. Now you can refer to uh, Schiff as the censured congressman. So as he's running for Senate in California, refer to him as the censured congressman if you're running against him. Schiff's conduct and his words are embarrassing enough. But after the vote was announced in the House, the Democrats surrounded Schiff as if he were some sort of rock star, chanting shame, 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 and applauding him. In case you were wondering... At the beginning of the show when I said this is not the greatest country in the world, and you were saying, oh, come on, it is, there's your evidence that backs me up, not you, me. The people that are elected representatives in the House of Congress clapped and cheered for a guy who was just censured for being a pathological liar. Ponder that for a moment. That's what Washington, D.C. thinks is worthy of cheering for. A pathological, exposed, proven liar. This is how pathetic it's gotten in Washington. If you vote for an incumbent, you are the problem. Not the incumbent. They're telling you they're a liar, they're a criminal, they're a crook. They just want to enrich themselves. They don't care about you. They're telling you in 17,000 different ways and languages. But you're too dumb to get the message. So you'll vote for the incumbent. Why? Because it's your incumbent. It's not my incumbent. It's yours. 
my guy's bad, but yours is good, so you'll vote for Josh Hawley again. Or you'll vote for Eric Schmidt again. And you'll do it. I know you will. Over in Illinois, you'll vote for Dick Durbin again. You'll vote for Corey Bush in St. Louis County. I know you will. And then you sit there and bitch about a a broken country. But you're the dumb asses who keep doing it. You do it over and over again. You prove the insanity, the stupidity of that saying that the definition of insanity is repeating the same behavior over and over and expecting different results. And yet you do it every single election cycle. You run in there and vote for an incumbent. As I've said often, unless it's a governor or a president, I'll never vote for another incumbent as long as I live. I don't care who it is. If it's my freaking sister or brother, I wouldn't vote for them. Get in, get out. Your service to the country is done in one term. You're finished. I would also change congressional terms to one six-year term. Same as the Senate. Why is it different? Shouldn't be. Shouldn't be different. So here's Anna Paulina Luna reciting the many lies of Adam Schiff. The lie that President Donald Trump colluded with Russia to steal the 2016 presidential election revealed to be completely false by numerous investigations, including the Durham report. The lie that the Steele dossier, a folder of falsified and since completely debunked collusions, accusations funded by the Democrat Party, had any shred of credibility. Yet Schiff read it into congressional record as fact. Lies concocted and compiled in a false memo that was used to lie to the FISA court to precipitate domestic spying on U.S. citizen Carter Page violating American civil liberties. Not only was this egregious abuse of Schiff's privilege access to classified information, but this memo was littered with 17 major mistakes and omissions. She could have gone on, and she did. But I didn't want to play the entire list of lies. You've heard them already. Evidence of collusion in plain sight. They have it all. But you know, you notice that Schiff never, ever, ever identified the evidence of collusion. And, of course, no one on those Sunday shows ever asked him to. Now, this arrogant, pompous ass who got his lunch handed to him by Durham yesterday, and you're going to hear that, when asked about the censure vote, he sounded like Karine Jean-Pierre when she said that she's an historic figure. Schiff takes this, as he says, as a badge of honor. This is a badge of honor um, driven by uh, extreme MAGA members of the House and Donald Trump uh, threatening Republicans with retaliation if they don't uh, vote on this bogus resolution. This says that I'm effective. Uh, They go after people they think are effective. Says that you're effective? If people voted and said, Kevin Slayton's a prick, I wouldn't take that as a compliment. Kevin Slayton's a liar. That's not a compliment. It's not a bad badge of honor. It's, everyone's saying that you're a liar. You're a proven liar. You're a liar in the halls of Congress. You're a pathological liar. And you take that as a badge of honor? It proves I'm effective. They're coming after me because I'm effective. They're coming after you because they want to root out the evil that is in Washington. And you are the head of the snake. What an arrogant, pompous ass Schiff is. We we always knew he was. His arrogance is trumped only by his lying. 
Donald Trump threatening retaliation to Republicans if they didn't vote to censure him? Got any evidence of that, shifty boy? Of course not. It's just him making it up again. Another lie to add to the tunnel of lies that he has told. Donald Trump threatening retaliation. What possible retaliation could Donald Trump be in a position to threaten right now? He's not president. He holds no public office. He's under indictment by your corrupt colleagues. But every time Schiff opens his mouth, and for that matter, every one of these Democrats, they can't open their mouth without mentioning Trump. Now, if you want to know who's coming after someone because he's effective, it's Adam Schiff and his gang coming after Trump every single minute of every day. Why? Because he's effective. Why? Because he exposed them for the swamp rats and the sea urchins that they are. That's why. You're one of three people this century, Schiff, who's been censured in Congress for lying, and you consider that a badge of honor. Do you have a single-digit IQ to go with it? Apparently you do, if you consider that a badge of honor. Keep telling yourself it's because you're effective. Maybe someday you'll believe your own lies though I doubt it. And right on cue, Nerdler and Schiff attacked John Durham yesterday. Mr. Durham, your report reads like a defense of the Trump campaign and an attack on Hillary Clinton because that's exactly what it is. Donald Trump wanted you to investigate the investigators to show the deep state conspiracy, but you never found one. And when you say you're not aware of evidence of collusion in the Mueller report, it's because apparently haven't read the Mueller report very well. What collusion evidence was cited by the Mueller report? Apparently you haven't read it at all. Not very well, but at all. Your vehicle that you were banking on to get Donald Trump, the Mueller collusion report, turned out to be a lie. There was no collusion. Schiff can't live with that. He just can't stand it. So he continues to insist that there was collusion and that the Mueller report found that there was. And yet we all know that it didn't. We have read it. We've heard Mueller testify about his own report and that there was no collusion. As far as Nadler saying this reads like Donald Trump put you up to this, Donald Trump had nothing to do with hiring John Durham. William Barr hired John Durham. Donald Trump hates William Barr. William Barr hates Donald Trump. If Donald Trump had asked Barr to hire a special investigator or a special counsel, Barr wouldn't have done it. Donald Trump asked Barr to investigate the election. Barr wouldn't do it. So where do they get off blaming Trump for that? As I said, they can't speak without uttering the name Trump. You'll notice I can go an entire show without mentioning the name Hillary Clinton. And that's what conservatives do. We don't have those people occupy our mind free of charge. When they do something, we point it out. But we don't have to mention them every day, every time we speak, because we're not afraid of them. I'm not afraid of Hillary Clinton. She can't hurt this country anymore. She can lie all she wants, but she'll never be elected to another office, ever. She was exposed for what she was. And that criminal wench didn't go to jail, didn't get charged. The hypocrisy of Democrats is mind-blowing.
It is literally mind-blowing. They're either too dumb, too arrogant, or too incompetent to understand everything they say is exactly what they do. What they accuse you of doing is what they do. And it's all evidence. There's all the kinds of evidence to back me up. Donald Trump didn't order John Durham to investigate anything. For his part, Durham had a response to Nerdler's cheap shot. First, I want to emphasize in the strongest terms possible that my colleagues and I carried out our work in good faith, with integrity, and in the spirit of following the facts wherever they lead, without fear or favor. At no time and in no sense did we act with a purpose to further partisan political ends. To the extent that somebody suggests otherwise, that's simply untrue and offensive. Second, the findings set forth in this report are serious and deserve attention from the American public and its representatives. Let me just briefly highlight a few of those. For one, we found troubling violations of law and policy in the conduct of highly consequential investigations directed at members of a presidential campaign and ultimately a presidential administration. To me, it matters not whether it was a Republican campaign or a Democrat campaign. It was a presidential campaign. He found violations of law, he said, and yet not one person has gone to jail. He took two people to trial, lost them both. Another one got a slap on the wrist and is practicing law again. This tells you how corrupt the judiciary is in this country. This tells you how corrupt the prosecutorial portion of government is in this country, meaning the Department of Justice. They found evidence of law laws being violated and nothing's been done. Nothing. Now Schiff, for his own arrogance and stupidity, got trapped in his own arrogance, which he always seems to do, because he wanted everybody to think that somehow when Don Trump Jr. took a meeting with some, I think it was a female, who claimed she had dirt on Hillary Clinton and she was Russian, that that somehow was collusion with Russia. The meeting lasted about 15 minutes. They realized how bogus it was. Jared Kushner dropped in and left in five minutes. Trump Jr. got up and left. Durham and Schiff had this exchange. Now, keep in mind, Schiff is trying to insist that it's not normal when a Russian calls someone in Congress or someone in the presidential candidate's family with dirt on the opposition party. And yet Durham accurately points out very subtly to Schiff, you've experienced it, so I guess it is pretty normal. And as you'll hear Schiff making an ass of himself, I'll edit in the phone call that Schiff received from some goofball playing a prank on Schiff posing as a Russian with information, dirty information on Trump. It's beautiful. Don Jr. was informed that a Russian official was offering the Trump campaign, quote, very high level and sensitive information, unquote, that would be incriminating of Hillary Clinton was part of, quote, Russia and its government support of Mr. Trump? Are you aware of that? Sure. People get phone calls all the time from uh, individuals who claim to have information like that. Really, the son of a presidential candidate gets calls all the time 
from a foreign government offering dirt on their opponent? Is that what you're saying? I don't think this is unique in your experience. She met with Trump and she brought him one hour Russian girl, celebrity Olga Buzova, who also known as a person with a strange reputation. Olga, and, and how do you spell her name? Olga Buzova. And what's the nature of the compromise? Well, there were pictures of naked Trump. You said that it's not uncommon to get offers of help from a hostile foreign government and presidential campaign directed at the president's son. You really stand by that, Mr. Durham? Saying that it, that people can make phone calls, um, making uh, claims uh, all the time that you may have experienced. Really? And so Putin was made aware uh, of the the availability of the compromising material. Yes, of course. Uh, thank you very much. We will be back in touch uh, with you through our staff uh, to make uh, arrangements uh, to obtain these materials for our committee and and for the FBI. And and I appreciate you reaching out to us. <laughs> Oh my God! Do, do you understand? I mean, I've I've done it. I'm sure a lot of people listening have done it. You've called people with prank calls and laughed hard when they bought it. That's what this was. These were a couple of guys pranking Adam Schiff, and he bought it hook, line, and sinker. And then he turns around and claims that that never happens. And Durham kept saying to him, "I'm sure you understand your experience. This has happened." And Schiff just it went right over his head. This guy bought it hook, line, and sinker and then talked about it on Sunday shows. And he has the unmitigated balls to sit there and question Durham about something Don Jr., a meeting he took? Opposition research goes on all the time. It's a dirty game, politics is. But that's commonplace. And for Schiff to suggest otherwise, he's just a liar. A guy who was the victim of a phone call just like that, a prank. The lies are just incredible out of that guy's mouth. So he's the probably the the most prolific liar in Congress, wouldn't you say? I mean, they're all liars, but he he takes it to another level. And Hank Johnson does the same thing with stupidity. Now, this is the dumb black congressman from Georgia who claimed that too many military personnel on the island of Guam, if they were on the one side of it, would tip it over and would capsize into the ocean. I'm not joking. He said that and he meant it. He doesn't even know who Durham was investigating. To the extreme disappointment of some on this panel, your investigation failed to produce indictments against Hillary Clinton, correct? That's correct. Didn't indict Barack Obama. That's correct. Didn't indict Joe Biden. That's correct. Couldn't even indict Hunter Biden. We didn't Correct. investigate Mr. Hunter Biden. <laughs> couldn't, in, couldn't even indict Mickey Mouse. Couldn't even indict Bugs Bunny. Well, we weren't investigating them, but you're right. We didn't indict them. <laughs> what a stupid ass. I mean, how dumb. Who votes for these people? Here's a message to the black community, all right? Voters, you don't like the way things are in this country with good reason. And yet you vote for someone just because they're black. No other reason. If you cared about the district that Cori Bush represents, you would have elected Andrew Jones. He's black. But he's intelligent. He's smart. He's honest. He's a patriot. But he's also a Republican. So that eliminated him in the minds of black voters. 
the same black voters who constantly whine and complain that they're not getting a fair shake. Look in the mirror. You'll find out why you're not getting a fair shake. Because you vote like an idiot, that's why. You vote for somebody because they're black, no matter how stupid they are. And again, if you just want to vote for someone who's black, vote for the qualified one, Andrew Jones. His skin color shouldn't matter. He should have won if he was purple. And yet you voted for this idiot, Cory Bush, this rabble-rousing big mouth, loud mouth, uneducated, illiterate street urchin. That's all she is. She's a thug. She's a female thug. And you voted for Hank Johnson in Georgia. Congratulations to the black communities that voted those people in. That's what happens when you vote based on skin color, which makes you, the voters, the black voters, as racist as possible. You are the racist. You are the real racist in this country. You wouldn't vote for a white man in your district to save your life. And why? Because he's white or she's white. And look what you get in return. Congratulations. You you reap what you sow. And you want to continue to vote for somebody just because they're black, no matter how dumb they are, no matter how unqualified they are, no matter how incompetent they are, don't whine. You get exactly what you deserve. And for all those hillbillies in Tennessee who voted for Steve Cohen, I always tell you that Democrats are not finished when you have an election campaign against them. They want to destroy you. They don't want to win. They want to ruin your life. They want to ruin your reputation. They want to destroy your business. They want to ruin your kids. That's what they do. You don't believe me? Here's Steve Cohen attacking the reputation of John Durham yesterday. You had a good reputation. That's why the two Democrats supported you. But the longer you hold on to Mr. Barr and this report that Mr. Barr gave you as special counsel... Your reputation will be damaged. My uh, concern about my reputation is with uh, the people who I respect, and my family, and my Lord. And I'm perfectly comfortable with my reputation with them, sir. Carpe diem to John Durham. In other words, people I respect doesn't include Steve Cohen. How about that guy? The arrogance and pomposity of these liberals. We're going to make sure your reputation's ruined, Buster. If you don't toe the line, who are you? You're a hillbilly. Go up into the mountains where you have a still. And drink a little illegal whiskey while you're at it. You low-rent trailer trash. That's what Steve Cohen is. How about that threat? If you don't renounce William Barr, is Cohen so stupid as to as to suggest that Somehow conservatives think William Barr is a hero. This is how dumb liberals are. They have William Barr in their corner, and now they attack him. It's beautiful, isn't it? Congressman Kevin Kiley checked off all of the loser liberal charges against Durham and refuted them easily. 
For example, Mr. Schiff in 2017, 2018 made statements such as the Russians offered help, the campaign accepted help, the Russians gave help, and the president made full use of that help. And that is pretty damning. He also said there's clear evidence on the issue of collusion. He said, I think there's plenty of evidence of conclusion, collusion or conspiracy in plain sight. Mr. Durham, the German yield? are those statements supported by the conclusions of the Mueller the German report? Yield? No. Mr. Durham, is, are those statements supported by the Mueller report? I don't believe so. Mr. Nadler stated, it's clear that the campaign concluded, and there's a lot of evidence of that. The question is, was the president involved? Mr. Nadler also said there was obviously a lot of collusion. Uh, Mr. Durham, were those statements supported by the Mueller report? I don't believe they were supported by the Mueller report. Mr. Liu stated uh, in a press release in March of 2017, the bombshell revelation that U.S. officials have information that suggests Trump associates may have colluded, colluded with the Russians means we must pause the entire Trump agenda. We may have an illegitimate president of the United States currently occupying the White House. Uh, Mr. Durham, did the Mueller report establish that we had an illegitimate president occupying the White House? Not to my knowledge. Mr. Swalla stated in 2018, in our investigation, we saw strong evidence of collusion. Did the Mueller report support that there was strong evidence of collusion? Not to my knowledge. Even here today, we had uh, Mr. Schiff uh, raise questions about your public statement uh, during the investigation, saying this somehow violated a DOJ uh, policy. However, Mr. Mueller himself made a public statement uh, in January of 2019. This is a article from CNN headline, Mueller's office disputes BuzzFeed report that Trump directed Michael Cohen to lie to Congress. So whatever policy there might exist in the DOJ with respect to public statements by special counsels, it would seem that you and Mr. Mueller would be on equal footing with respect to it. Is that correct? It would seem so. Mr. Nadler, Ranking Member Nadler also suggested that we're only here today because of the recent indictments of President Trump. However, you received your assignment as special counsel in 2019. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, 2020, uh, special counsel is in uh, 2020. In 2020. And was that before or after the events alleged in the recent indictments by the, pres by the president? That was before. And is it customary for a special counsel to come testify in Congress upon the issuance of the report? This is my first experience of this sort of thing. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I know that uh, Director Mueller had had occasion to testify before Congress, so I, I guess this is not unique. So it's pretty likely you would have been here whether or not the president had been recently indicted. Yes. Contrary to Ranking Member Nadler's statement. Every one of them, just a lie. Schiff has the temerity to say, well, you haven't read the Mueller report if you don't think there's collusion. And yet there's not one ounce of, the Mueller report showed nothing. It did waste about $70 million of our money with corrupt FBI agents running the investigation. It did do that. They'll rue the day they ever had that Mueller investigation because that's the investigation that opened the eyes to people knowing how corrupt the FBI was. We may have never known the level and depth of the corruption of the FBI were it not for the Mueller report. So, while I believe that Andrew McCabe and Peter Strzok and Lisa Page all belong in jail, there's overwhelming evidence of their jailable offenses. I thank them because without them, we may never have realized how corrupt the FBI really is. And we have, we have a special thank you to Christopher Ray. Now, I knew, based on my experience with the Penn State fiasco, that Louis Free was a common criminal. And then I started to look into the previous 
FBI directors, including Free, and realize that they're all corrupt. Every single FBI director in history is corrupt. Christopher Ray fits right in. We thank you for your service. You corrupt lying SOB. Well, Matt Gates wasn't going to compliment Durham. He was there to make sure Durham understood that a lot of us, including me, think Durham did a kind of a wussy-ass job with all of the elements of power that he had at his disposal. And Matt Gates said so. Do you see how silly this looks? Like you found the lawyer, you found the phones, but the actual dude who got ordered by Western intelligence to go start this thing you couldn't find? It's it's kind of laughable. It seems like more than disappointment. It seems like you weren't really trying to expose the true core of the corruption. That you were trying to you were trying to go at it another way. Yeah, as we said in the um, report and as I said in my opening remarks, <clears throat> we pursued the facts as best we could. Well, how about this fact? That we have. Okay, how about this fact, Mr. Durham? The entire Mueller team does a hard reset on their Apple phone in synchronization to wipe away evidence. Did you investigate that? I've read that. Well, why didn't, did you investigate it? Who gave the order on the Mueller team to, to wipe the phones? Yeah, that was not something that we were um, asked to look at, and we well, didn't No, that's not true, Mr. Durham. That is not true, because I'm holding the document that authorizes your activity, and it specifically says the investigation of special counsel Robert Mueller. It's in par- Mr. Chairman, I seek unanimous consent to enter into the record the order that says that you're supposed to inter- investigate these things. Talk about putting Durham up against a wall and just blasting him. You didn't investigate who gave that order? Just that alone. But there's more. There's more. Gates pointed out how Durham really accomplished very little. An FBI, so the FBI sends somebody to go honeypot George Papadopoulos. Who gave the order to do that? I think that's beyond the scope of what's in the report. It's literally the scope of what your charging order is. Who put it in motion? We get after it was put in motion, the FBI did a bunch of wrong and corrupt things. Totally understand we're trying to deal with that. But when you are part of the cover-up, Mr. Durham, Mm. then it makes our job harder. Yeah, well, if that's your thought, I mean, there's no way of dissuading you from that. I can tell you that it's offensive and that the people who worked on this investigation have spent their lives trying to protect the people in this country and pursue within the law what it is that we, two, can, we are Mr. authorized Trump, wait, to do. You tried two cases, lost both of them, and then the one plea, guilty plea you got, Kleinsmith, Kleinsmith is back to practicing law in Washington, D.C. today. That's beyond my control. Right, but but the, the fact that you allowed that plea to occur, That's right, a- and, and then the punishment was insufficient, the fact that you didn't you didn't charge Andrew McCabe, you didn't convict the lying Democrats or the lying Russians, you didn't investigate Mifsud or the Mueller probe, even though, as we sit here today in black letter, that was your charge. Pretty impressive from Matt Gates, and pretty embarrassing for Durham. Uh, Durham says he's offended that Matt Gates said he's part of the cover-up. I love how these people get offended. I'm offended by your bullshit. That's what I'm offended by. I'm offended by your lies. I'm offended by you covering this up. And you did cover it up, John Durham. There isn't any question Durham's part of the cover-up. Just like the FBI turned a blind eye to everything they should have been investigating, 
Durham turns a blind eye when he finds things that the FBI did that he doesn't want us to know about. It shows you the level of corruption of the FBI and the Department of Justice that Durham's report is considered scathing against them when it leaves out so many important things. Gates made it clear to Durham that he feels like Durham let us all down. And, and it just seems it just seems so facially obvious that it's not what's in your report that's telling. It's the omission. It's the lack of work you did. And for the people like the chairman who put trust in you, I think you let them down. I think you let the country down. And you are one of the barriers to the true accountability that we need. Well, I don't know if you've ever investigated a crime. Um, if you I don't know that you have. I didn't, you didn't investigate these, Mr. Yeah. Durham. What, whether or How about not. Andy McCabe? Did you charge him? Did you investigate him? Gentlemen, gentlemen, time has expired. The witness can respond, and we'll move on to our last question. Last I don't know, sir, whether or not you've ever had occasion to uh, try to investigate crimes under the rules and regulations and not under the Constitution that we're bound by. Um, we can gather evidence in particularly lawful ways. Uh, can't charge people because we might think it's not something. Just we you can didn't charge. charge you didn't investigate. You didn't time. investigate the Mueller team Gentlemen's wiping time. their phones, Gentlemen's and you won't time. tell us who gave the orders because you're protecting those people. Carpe quadruple diem, Matt Gates. You're not going to tell us who gave the order because you're protecting those people. There is no other explanation for not telling us. There isn't one. Now, of course, for her part, Cori Bush decided to embarrass this entire area in the St. Louis area by, as she always does, claims that she's speaking for St. Louis. Don't you love that? First of all, you're a representative of a part of St. Louis, not all of St. Louis. It happens to be a part that is woefully illiterate and inept and incompetent in terms of voting and not knowing what the fuck's going on, that part of St. Louis you represent. And here's how she starts out. St. Louis and I are here today to set the record straight about this political investigation conducted on behalf of the twice impeached, twice indicted, former white supremacist in chief, Donald Trump. From the start, this entire investigation has been an attempt to undermine the findings of the Mueller investigation and distract the people of this country from Donald Trump's corruption. That's why it began just days after the release of the Mueller report. And that's why four years later, and no matter how much my colleagues across the aisle claim, otherwise, the Durham investigation did not exonerate Mr. Trump or any of his associates. (laughs) St. Louis and I are here to represent. You're not representing anything. St. Louis isn't behind you. One district voted for you. One. Populated by nothing but lunatics. I suppose the people that voted against you aren't in that category. But the other ones are lunatics, and there's enough of them there. Though I'm not quite certain you actually won the election and it wasn't stolen. But nonetheless, whoever wrote that for her might be dumber than she is, because we know she didn't write it. If you're a good lawyer, and she's not, she's not a lawyer at all, and you're questioning a witness, you ask questions. And then, based on those answers, you follow up. If the answer doesn't require a follow-up, then you move to your next question. But that's how it's done. This dope sits there and reads her litany of bullcrap. Of course, it's always centered around Donald Trump. The Durham report was never intended to exonerate Donald Trump, you stupid ass. You low-rent protester, that's all you are. 
The Mueller report exonerated Trump, stooge woman. My God, this woman's dumb. St. Louis and I, otherwise, again, you can take the wench out of the hood, but you can't take the hood out of the wench. And that's what, that's what this is. This is nothing but a hood ornament, and that's all she'll ever be. And then she lies regarding the report. She just makes it up. Of course, someone wrote it for her again. She didn't write anything. She can't write. Probably can't write her own name. And then refers to President Trump as a buffoon. So again, your investigation, Mr. Durham, did not undercut the basic findings of the Mueller report. Those who read your report as exonerating Donald Trump are willfully deluding themselves and the people of this country. And let's take a step back for a minute. In the chaos created by all these conspiracy theories and other propaganda amplified by right-wing hate machine, the one we continue to hear, a very simple point is getting lost. Republicans will do anything, say anything, and spend any amount of money to hide the basic truth that their leader is a criminal, corrupt, narcissistic buffoon. That's why we're still talking about Carter Page. That's why anyone even knows who John Durham is. That's why Republicans are still carrying on Mr. Durham's work by launching frivolous investigations that end with them embarrassing themselves by propping up obvious lies. It has always been about gaslighting the country. So instead of holding these farcical hearings about farcical investigations, I urge my colleagues my Republican colleagues, to get serious and start legislating on behalf of their constituents. Somebody taught her a word there, farcical. She didn't know what it meant, so she used it twice. Hey, I'm smart. Look at me. I said farcical. I'm going to say it again. It sounded big. I'm a complete illiterate. Trump's a buffoon? Let's, Let's compare educational levels. You went to someplace called the Lutheran School of Nursing? In 2020, the Missouri State Board of Nursing had a preliminary hearing on whether or not to shut down that school. Why? Because of low exam pass rates. That's where you went to school. It's now been decided that it has been closed effective immediately as of July 29, 2022. That's where you got your supposed education. (laughs) But when you hear her speak, you know she's uneducated. She just is. And she called Donald Trump a buffoon. So this is where this country is with congresswomen, and I use that term loosely, actually refers to a president as a buffoon. That's interesting. So that's her education. Donald Trump's education, the Wharton School of Business. Hmm. Donald Trump multi-billionaire through his business, several businesses, multiple businesses. Cory Bush, a hack in Congress. Just a hack. That's it. We're steel, she says, we're steel wondering. Why don't you learn how to talk? She is nothing but low rent from the get-go. That's all she is. And everything she said was a lie. You, you notice that she had no, if, if you had stopped her and asked her a question about what she was saying, she would have no answer because she doesn't know what she's talking about. That was all written for her by some aide who's dumber than she is. And that's hard to be. 
Lutheran School of Nursing. How would you like to be in the hospital and have Corey Bush walk in and be tending to you? Would you not just pull all the plugs out and run? I couldn't run fast if I'd leave skid marks leaving that hospital. Jim Jordan, sum all of this up for us. Dan Chinko's the primary subsource. A few years before he does this work, he was investigated by the FBI for espionage. Is that right, Mr. Durham? Right. And that that case was halted because the FBI thought he'd left the country, right? Right. Had he left the country? No. Where was he living? He, were, he remained living in the place that he was living when they opened the investigation. Right here in D.C., right? <laughs> yeah. He hadn't left anywhere. He's right here in, in D.C. And they, we're going to stop that. And then they go hire him. Use the tax money of the people I get the privilege of representing to pay this guy who they obviously knew was a Russian spy. They hire him, who's the source of all the false information. Is that true? They paid him. Um, uh, they hired him, uh, and they paid him. A um, couple hundred thousand, if I, if I recall, right? It was over $200,000. Yeah, and then this guy is hanging out with Dolan, Charles Dolan, who's a buddy of the Clintons, who's also a source for the false dossier that was used to spy on an American citizen. He's hanging out with Dolan. In fact, don't they meet on a park bench somewhere in Arlington, Virginia, on New Year's Day? New Year's Day, middle of the day. This is straight out of the movies, right? And the FBI says, but we're not going to talk to Charles Dolan. This is two of the dumbest things I've ever heard of. They won't talk to, they, they, they pay a guy who's a Russian spy who's the source of the dossier. The other source of the dossier is Charles Dolan, who meets with that guy on a park bench in Arlington, and they don't want to interview him. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. But that's what Comey's FBI did. He's right. You can't make this stuff up. This, And you can't make this up either. With regard to Hunter Biden's plea deal, Louis Free, that very former FBI director that I talked about momentarily ago, and what a corrupt SOB he is, and he is corrupt to the nines, put one of his buddies, Derek Hines, who's a lawyer, in Delaware to investigate Hunter Biden's case. Now, Louis Free is one of Joe Biden's best friends. How do we know that? He paid for Joe Biden's grandchildren's tuition to college. What, did he do that out of the kindness of his heart? And why are you paying for a billionaire? Well, I don't know if Joe Biden's a billionaire. Why are you paying for a multimillionaire's children to go to, grandchildren to go to college, if not for political favors? When will Louis Free be put in jail? That's another question to be answered at a time later. In fact, let's just gather all of the former FBI directors, Mueller, Free, Comey, this clown currently in there, Christopher Wray, and throw them all in jail. Have have their own wing of the jail. Let's call it the FBI wing. Have a lot of company in there. You'd have McCabe, Strzok, Page, every one of these crooks in the FBI. And they are from top to bottom. So, Durham, what's your conclusion after doing your report with regard to the Department of Justice and the FBI? As we said in the report, they cannot be addressed solely by enhancing training or additional policy requirements. Rather, what is required is accountability, both in terms of the standards to which our law enforcement personnel uh, hold themselves and in the consequences they face for violation of laws and policies of relevance. Accountability. We hear that word a lot, don't we? Unfortunately, in Washington, it's just a word. Stuart Kaplan is a former FBI agent himself who's now a lawyer. 
as he listened to Durham speak in this testimony yesterday, it struck him that Durham is not an independent special counsel. In fact, the word independent doesn't apply at all. The DOJ, the existing Department of Justice, put constraints on him that he just is not going to discuss those topics that are outside his report. And so that begs the bigger question, what did he learn, what does he know that he didn't put into his report because DOJ said, don't put it into your report, and by the way, when you're in front of Congress, don't discuss it. That's very concerning to me. That should be concerning to everyone. So there's plenty of things that Durham knows that he didn't put in his report, plenty of things he knows that he didn't testify to, because he was ordered not to by the Department of Justice. So where's the independence? Independence means the Department of Justice is going to leave you out of it. Independence means the FBI is not going to try to control you. That didn't happen here. In fact, it will never happen in Washington. You'll never have an independent investigation. It doesn't exist. Because they're all political hacks. Every one of them. That's why they hate Trump. That's why they can't have Trump as president again. He's exposed. Look how much damage has been done to Congress and the FBI and the Department of Justice just because of Donald Trump. And they know that. And they don't want it to continue. Look at how many Congress people have been exposed as corrupt liars. We've had a guy censured for his lies about Donald Trump only the third time in 100 years. Trump is causing damage daily to these people, and they hate it. Donald Trump is the only person that will stand up against them for us. And this is being said by me, a person who did not believe in Trump's candidacy when he came down the escalator in 2016. In fact, I said on the air, it's a joke. He's not serious. He's not even serious about running. He's doing it for publicity. That's what I said on the at the time on my show. How wrong was I? But I realized it quickly enough that he was dead serious and that his policy ideas were tremendous and that I hadn't heard anybody stand up to the Washington elite, the snob mob, in my lifetime. But now I was hearing somebody do it. I was hearing somebody promise to expose and drain the swamp for the first time in my lifetime and had policy ideas to back it up. Then after I voted for him and he was elected, I sat and watched the string of successes that he ran off. And if you want to know what they are, Google Donald Trump's accomplishments as president. Make sure you allow yourself a good hour and a half if you want to read them all. And they hate him for that. This is a group of people in Washington, D.C., every last one of them, that hate this country. They only love themselves, and they love how much money they can rape you for, how much power they can rape you out of. They don't care about anything that happens in this country. They care about enriching themselves and grabbing more power. Donald Trump cares about us. They hate us. They've already come after us. We've seen it. He's in the way. I just saw where these Democrats now are going to propose a a boycott of the Prime Minister of India's speech in Congress. I think it's today. might be tomorrow. Whenever it is. And Sandy Cortez says we shouldn't allow someone who has such a horrible record of human rights to speak in our Congress. Will you speak there? 
Let's examine your record for human rights. You've lied in order to get political prisoners tossed in a gulag from January 6th. That's your record on human rights. This government is keeping innocent people in political prisons by the hundreds for long durations of time in solitary confinement. That's the United States record on human abuses, human rights violations, and it's not a good one. We're no better than India. That's the thing I get a kick out of in this country. People in this country think we're better than the rest of the world. You've got your head stuck in the sand. Are you paying attention? This government is so ungodly corrupt, they're holding political prisoners. And you feel rightly sorry for the people who are trapped in this submarine. And we feel horrible for them. It's going to take a miracle. The deadline has come and passed where they've run out of oxygen now. What a horrible death. But is it any worse than being trapped in solitary confinement for something you didn't do by a government that you supported? Of course it's not. In fact, it's probably more torturous to be in that solitary confinement for years on end for doing nothing wrong. Now, these people in the submarine didn't do anything wrong either. But I don't feel any worse for them than I do for the prisoners, the political prisoners, being held with human rights abuses by this government. Stuart Kaplan has an idea what we should do with the seventh floor of the FBI, which is where all the power is concentrated. Someone needs to go up to the seventh floor of the FBI headquarters and they need to padlock the seventh floor. They need to completely remove all of those executive staff members from the director down. And he made it very clear. His buzzwords were sobering. Sobering is another way to say shocking. And then he said, hold anybody accountable. So he made it very clear. No training, no revised policy, no implementation of new procedures. That's not what he clued us into. He said our lack of holding people accountable is not going to change the FBI as it exists today. That tells us unless we are prepared to completely overhaul the FBI from the top down, we are going to live with the existing state of affairs as basically the FBI is going to be able to snub their nose at the general public and just get away with it with impunity. That's the reality that we live in. That's right. Carpe diem, Stuart Kaplan, former FBI agent, now a lawyer. Unless this FBI is completely destroyed, dismantled, overhauled, burned to the ground and start over, not literally, of course, there will be no changes. Don't sit there in your little cubbyhole and think, well, it'll be, it'll be better. You're an idiot if you think that. You're just an idiot. Oh, the Department of Justice, they can't be that corrupt. Well, they are, and all the evidence tells you they are. So if you want to continue to maintain that stupidity, go right ahead. But you're the problem. And if this doesn't piss you off, then nothing pisses you off. This is not a government of we the people. It's not a government for the people, by the people. Not even close. It's a government of the few who get elected to positions of power, and then who rape their fellow countrymen for money. That's what this country is. That's what this government is. 
And yet you have people who get television shows like Dan Abrams, a failed lawyer, actually tried to practice law full time, failed miserably at it, and then was given TV shows. He gets a TV show every time I turn around. And he, along with others, think poor little Hunter Biden has been mistreated. If this wasn't Hunter Biden, it is likely he wouldn't have been prosecuted at all. It's not going to stop you all from going after Biden. Everybody knows that. You don't have to tell us. We know you're going to keep looking because you're lookers. This is painful for the president personally and politically. He is a devoted father who has stood by his son throughout his struggles with addiction throughout this investigation, adamant that Hunter did absolutely nothing wrong. But it is clear Republicans are not going to drop this. What do these jerks in the house want joe biden to do throw him out refuse to speak to him say he doesn't love him publicly do they not understand this disease and how it works my god that last goober was claire mccaskill what do these jerks want him to do tell him he doesn't love him anymore (laughs) how about the women before that Joe Biden, this is particularly hard on Joe Biden. He's a devoted father who's been adamant that his son has done nothing wrong. You know who else was adamant that his son did nothing wrong? Mr. Manson. He thought little Charlie didn't do anything wrong either. I doubt that there's ever been a parent of a convicted criminal who thought they did something wrong. He's adamant, she says. Well, we're so glad that Joe Biden's adamant because after all, I mean... Joe Biden's one of the most honest people in the world, correct? I give you my word as a Biden. That's all it takes. Give you my word as a Biden, and hey, that's it. He's adamant. Hunter did nothing wrong. And yet, Hunter Biden pled guilty to felonies. Now, you don't plead guilty if you didn't do anything wrong. Hunter Biden has evidence all over his laptop that he hired prostitutes, that he did illegal drugs. Those are all crimes. But Joe Biden said, first of all, my son did nothing wrong. We're glad to hear that woman stand up and say, well, Joe, you know, Joe's such a devoted father. He is? How about grandfather? Is he a devoted grandfather? Because there's a little girl in Arkansas who's four years old. I have a four-year-old granddaughter who's the apple of my eye. I wouldn't think of turning my back on her. But this prick Biden does, and so does that bitch of a wife that he's married to. They couldn't care less about a little four-year-old girl who will grow up one day, read the internet, no doubt, and find out that somehow she's a bad girl. She's not even worthy of her grandparents' attention. That's what the Bidens are. In case you wanted to know, you stupid ass who says he's a devoted father, that's what he is. He's low-rent scum. And so is that wife of his. She might be more despicable than he is because we at least think she has her marbles. But that's how these people have always been, so there's no excusing Biden for being demented. He's been a vile, low-rent scumbag his whole life. That's what the Bidens are. That's their family business, low-rent. Dan Abrams. If this wasn't Hunter Biden, he wouldn't have been prosecuted at all. Really? You really believe that, huh? I get the impression that he really does, because Dan Abrams isn't very smart. I've never heard Dan Abrams utter anything that was smart. I've I've listened to him comment on legal uh, situations. He's never been right. He's never he's never been able to quote the law 
He's never cited anything in the law that makes any sense. Yet he originally was hired. He the, the only thing he might have going for him is he's been fired from more networks than he's been hired by. He was originally with the Court TV, dumped there, went to NBC, dumped there, and I, then ABC dumped him. Now he's with somebody else. And I'm assuming that he got dumped repeatedly because he has no clue what he's talking about. I laugh at him when he quotes the law. And now he's telling us that if this wasn't Hunter Biden, if it was anybody else, he wouldn't have even been charged. Well, I'll take the word of a real lawyer, not Dan Abrams, who plays one on TV, Brett Tolman, who's actually a former U.S. attorney who actually tried these cases. Dan Abrams hasn't seen the inside of a courthouse in his life unless he went there to visit. Brett Tolman tweeted out yesterday, if the Department of Justice treated Hunter Biden like the thousands of no-names who get prosecuted, you know, the ones that Dan Abrams said would never get prosecuted, he would be looking at decades in federal prison. Yes, I said decades. I'll go ahead and take his word for it, not Dan Abrams. And Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, Dad, we know this isn't going to stop you from looking because you're a bunch of lookers. Wow. Jeez, Whoopi, can you insult me anymore? I'm a looker. Ooh, I'm a looker. So in other words, the message is clear from liberals and even illiterate ones like her. Don't look into our law-breaking behavior. Please, don't look into it, you bunch of lookers. We'd rather you not see it. So kind of stay away, you lookers, you. How bizarre is that? We're lookers. And, of course, the political hacks in the Democratic Party were tracked down by Jackie Heinrich of Fox and asked what they thought of the plea deal. We'll start with Hakeem Jeffries, then John Tester, then Jamal Bowman. Can President Biden effectively campaign on Democratic policies like catching tax cheats, cracking down on gun access when his son pled guilty to those things? President Biden has done a tremendous job, and I'm looking forward to continuing to support him. So, it's his son. It's not, it's, not, it's not Joe Biden. It's his son. In light of the Hunter Biden guilty plea, do you think President Biden is the strongest messenger for Democrats in 2024? Yes. One thing has nothing to do with the other. Oh, it doesn't? Joe Biden and Hunter Biden conspired to create shell companies that laundered and hid millions of dollars in corrupt payments that they received. But one thing has nothing to do with the other. John Tester, it's his son. It's not Joe Biden. Uh, no, it's Joe Biden, who was the big guy named by his son, that Tony Bobolinsky testified to. And if you want to say, well, there's no evidence that it's the big guy other than, of course, Tony Bobolinsky, and he's got to be a liar. Tell us who it is. If it's not Joe Biden, who would Hunter Biden be referring to as the big guy? Anybody? Bueller? <laughs> I mean, Akeem Jeffries. Joe Biden has done a great job. At what? What possibly could he be talking about? The economy? No. International embarrassment that he's caused? He's done a great job of that. He's done a great job of opening the border. But as far as national security? No. Your pocketbook? No. School choice? No. School curriculum? No. Charging heinous criminals? No. Letting them out of jail? Yes. 
If that's what he's talking about, yeah, he's done a great job on those areas. So, of course, it's just his son. It has nothing to do with Joe. And he wouldn't even been prosecuted, Dan Abrams said, if he, his name wasn't Hunter Biden. Merrick Garland told us all and reassured us, of course, that he had nothing to do with this case. Do these cases reflect a different standard of justice depending on political leanings? So, as I said, uh, from the moment of my um, appointment as attorney general, I would leave this matter in the hands of the United States attorney who was appointed by the previous president and assigned to this matter by the previous administration that he would be given full authority to decide the matter as he decided was appropriate. Um, And uh, that's what he's done. And if you have any further questions about that matter, you should direct him to the U.S. attorney uh, to explain his decision. Maybe we should ask Whoopi Goldberg if Jack Smith, the supposed independent counsel that Garland uh, hired as a hitman for Donald Trump, is he just a looker? The guy who's looking into Donald Trump, is he just a looker? That's what Whoopi Goldberg called him. Because everybody who looks into things is just a looker and a jerk, according to Claire McCaskill, who can't seem to lose weight. I've got some ideas for her. I've been successful losing weight before. Other people have as well. Maybe, maybe Claire should... Well, quit following Chris Christie. That's her problem. What do these jerks want? (laughs) In fact, I think we need to hear those people once again because it's so laughable. So laughable. If this wasn't Hunter Biden, it is likely he wouldn't have been prosecuted at all. It's not going to stop you all from going after Biden. Everybody knows that. You don't have to tell us. We know you're going to keep looking because you're lookers. This is painful for the president personally and politically. He is a devoted father who has stood by his son throughout his struggles with addiction, throughout this investigation, adamant that Hunter did absolutely nothing wrong. But it is clear Republicans are not going to drop this. What do these jerks in the House want Joe Biden to do? Throw him out? Refuse to speak to him? Say he doesn't love him publicly? Do they not understand this disease and how it works? (laughs) We're supposed to understand this disease and how it works. So in Claire McCaskill's world, if you buy that theory, that everyone who's ever had drug problems committed murders while they were on drugs, robbed banks while they were on drugs, raped women while they were on drugs, George Floyd, for instance, they should be exonerated because we have to understand how this disease works, right? Do we not understand, Claire McCaskill asks? Do we jerks not get it? How about if some drug-addled psychopath came into Claire McCaskill's house and, God forbid, raped her? Would she still say, we need to understand how this disease works? We know the answer to that. She'd be a jerk. Do we want Joe Biden to stand up public and say, I don't love Hunter? God, what an idiot. What is wrong with these people? I don't know. By the way, if you think that's all, because the government's telling us that's it for Hunter now. Never mind the shell corporations. Never mind the multi-millions of dollars he has stolen in the shakedown scheme that he and Papa conducted and the whole family for that matter. Never mind all of that. Never mind the fact that according to the reports coming out of 
this plea deal, Hunter Biden made $1.5 million in income and owed just $100,000 in taxes. I want his tax attorney. Because if you're going to only pay $100,000 on a million five in income, you've got a hell of a tax attorney going for you. Pretty interesting. But it wasn't just that. John Solomon, investigative reporter, one of the few that's left in this country, here's just how corrupt the IRS is. People thought he got a sweet deal when they saw it Tuesday. Wait till they see what the IRS was investigating. Eight years of tax evasion going back to 14, and most of it gets taken away from them because the statute of limitations is allowed to expire. Did you hear what he just said? They had eight years of Hunter Biden avoiding paying taxes. They're only getting a plea deal on two of those years because they allowed, intentionally allowed the rest of them to expire by way of the statute of limitations. They knew about it since 2014. So that's long before even Donald Trump was president. That was when Joe Biden was vice president. They knew about Hunter Biden's tax issues then, the IRS did, did nothing about it. Then once it was brought to the public, they investigated only the couple of years that they would later get a plea on and allowed the other ones to expire. The corruption just keeps getting deeper, doesn't it? Just keeps getting... And for Claire McCaskill, as a good friend of the show just sent me a text to remind me, the Democrats attacked Trump through his family constantly. It never stopped. All of the accusations they made against them were all frivolous. But now when it's Biden's son, oh my God, hands off. Here's the difference. As Donald Trump pointed out the other night in that interview, his children actually work. His children earn a living. His children start businesses. Others run their father's businesses, the family business. But none of his children are on laptops doing crack cocaine with hookers and whores. None of his children are shaking down foreign governments. Only Biden's is. None of Trump's children are avoiding paying taxes. Only Biden's child is. None of Trump's children turn their back on their own children. None of Trump's children, if they get divorced, Donald Jr. got divorced, he has five kids. Have we heard one peep out of anyone? And you know they're looking into it because they're lookers. Whether or not Don Jr. is trying to renege on paying his children's child support? Are there educational expenses? Not a peep. You know why? Because he's not doing it. He understands the responsibility he has as a father. And you don't hear anything from his ex-wife. Not one negative word. Because these people have class. They obey the law. They understand their personal responsibilities as parents. But Joe Biden's rodent of a son doesn't. And we're jerks, according to the great Claire McCaskill, for pointing that out. <laughs> we're lookers, according to the great Whoopi Goldberg. Dan Abrams says nobody else would have even been prosecuted. Well, why don't you, Dan Abrams, since you're such a great lawyer, why don't you go ahead and look into th- to the millions of black, young black men who were prosecuted for one hell of a lot less? 
You want to talk about white privilege? It's the, it's called Biden privilege. It has nothing to do with being white. It's Biden privilege. That's the privilege. Or perhaps just liberal privilege. That would encompass all of them. I'm guessing that Hunter Biden and Al Sharpton share the same tax attorney. Wouldn't you guess that? I mean, Al Sharpton's tab, like I said the other day, has to be at least $10 million. Now it was $8 million last time I checked. If you had just regular interest onto that. See, so there it is. It's not a racial question. It's not that Hunter's white and that Sharpton's black. It's that they're liberals. So they get away with all crimes. doesn't matter what. But our friend is right. They attacked the Trump kids relentlessly. Relentlessly. But now they scream and yell, oh, you're going to keep coming after him. He's a criminal, first of all. And so is his dad. And James Comer has made it clear that the Oversight Committee has nothing to do with Hunter Biden. They're coming after Joe Biden. They've made it clear. They've said those exact words. This investigation is into Joe Biden. Hunter's going to be part of it because, after all, he's a willing accomplice in the criminal enterprise. The liberals, who, of course, want men to compete with women in sports, claiming that, of course... These male women don't have any physical advantage over the real women, and anyone who has a functioning brain would laugh at that. But they recruited a black female to go into Congress and testify that that's the case, that by golly, the male swimmers and the male athletes have no advantage over the female athletes physically. This woman actually said this, and then she got creamed by Riley Gaines, the University of Kentucky swimmer, who was cheated out of some of her wins. Well, I can say that, you know, there's been this news article about men that think that they could beat Serena Williams in tennis, right? That they think that they could actually score a point on her. Both Serena and Venus lost to the 203rd ranked male tennis player, which they're phenoms for women. Um, My experience, my husband, he swam at University of Kentucky as well. In terms of accolades and in terms of national ranking, I was a much better swimmer than him. Um, he could kick my butt any day of the week. (laughs) How about that woman? There's some men out there who think they can get a point off Serena Williams or Venus Williams, and yet the 203rd-ranked male tennis player beat them into submission, both of them. Serena Williams, for her part, said there's no contest. She said, I can't win a game against a male tennis player. Not a game. And she's considered the best who have ever played. So imagine that black woman standing, sitting there with a straight face actually making that claim. They should have thrown her in jail for lying to Congress. But of course, she'll just walk out of there and take her paycheck from the liberals. Hey, here's my paycheck for lying for you. Just like Christine Blassie lied regarding Brett Kavanaugh. She got wealthy, had a GoFundMe page, made over a million dollars. Lying pays in this country. If you're a liberal. And then we had the hypocrite Biden screaming and yelling again about book banning yesterday. This time, Ron DeSantis lets him have it. Choosing to remember history, not erase it, to read books, not ban them. No matter how hard some people try, 
as a student of history, I never thought I'd be a president who was fighting against elected officials trying to ban and banning books. Empty shelves don't help kids learn very much. And I've never met a parent who wants a politician dictating what their kid can learn and what they can think or who they can be. My God. First of all, student of history? Do you think Biden's a student of anything except how to cheat different governments out of money for himself? But he never thought he'd hear a politician. He doesn't know any parents who want to hear a politician tell them what their children can think and read and learn. That's exactly what he's doing. <laughs> I mean, it's, just not, it's laughable. Empty shelves don't educate people. Where, where are there empty shelves, Biden? Can you show me a, a school library that has empty shelves? This is how they lie. And they continue to lie for one reason, to stick in the minds of voters that these lies they tell are true. So that some voter out there who has children says, wow, my God, you mean the Republicans are taking all the books out of the library and banning them? That sounds like Nazi behavior. Of course, not an ounce of it's true. And Ron DeSantis has finally had enough of this Biden bullshit. And this whole notion of a so-called book ban is a hoax. As you mentioned, in the state of Florida, people can buy whatever book they want. They can read whatever book they want. But schools, by definition, have to choose what is in the classroom or library or not. You may have one book on George Washington. There's a hundred other books you could have. That doesn't mean you're banning the other hundred. You're making a choice to choose that. So we've empowered parents with curriculum transparency in Florida. When they find pornography in the schools, they're allowed to blow the whistle. Uh, And if, in fact, it it, it conflicts with our standards, uh, then it can be removed. Uh, That's going to lead to a better education system, a better outcome. And as you said, individual parents can make different decisions. But we should not subject all of our kids uh, to the left's ideological agenda. Thank you, Ron DeSantis, for standing up to this windbag, this mentally deranged, demented windbag who just lies on cue. Book banning. I think Biden's future is, if he's not in prison, is going to be on The View. They're book banners. Lookers. You wouldn't really refer to any of those women on The View as lookers, would you? And that's in the term that I understand the, t- the word to be used, lookers. She's a looker. That means she's good looking. Nobody looks at the view and goes, ooh, she's a looker. They look at the view and they think they're watching Animal Farm. James Clapper, now, now we understand liberalism is a mental disease. We get it. I don't feel sorry for them because they're willing you know, most mental diseases you don't ask for, they're willing to have this mental disease. They actually ask for it. So James Clapper is one of the 50 liars that signed that letter to support Biden during the 2020 election, claiming that Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation. Of course, they had no evidence that it was. They just said it was because they knew that would help Biden get out of the hole that he was in. Clapper still thinks today, even after all of the evidence that's come out, even after the Bidens have admitted it's his laptop, The, God forbid, New York Times and Washington Post have admitted it. James Clapper doesn't regret signing that letter and isn't convinced that it's not (laughs) a Russian plot. No, I I don't regret it. I uh, I thought at the time that was appropriate to sound a warning about watch out for the dark hand of of the Russians. And in my case, this is uh, on the heels of what I saw the Russians do in 2016, 
to interfere and influence the outcome of our election. So I thought it was appropriate. I thought the letter was appropriately caveated by acknowledging we didn't have any direct evidence. And to this day, I still have not seen any official results of a forensic analysis of that laptop as to whether or not in some way the Russians uh, uh, messed with it. Can you imagine that guy? I think so. I think the Russians messed with his brain if he ever had one. (laughs) He's the kind of guy that makes you ashamed to be white. He's so ungodly corrupt and just such a pathological liar. The entire world knows that laptop is real and that everything on it's real, except for Clapper. (laughs) He's right, and the rest of the world is wrong. I haven't seen any forensic uh, uh, evidence that that uh, laptop isn't Russian disinformation. Shut up. Shut the F up and get to jail where you belong. So now we've got the media, and I'm telling you, this is how they'll treat everybody. They'll always go worse on Trump because Trump's the guy that exposed their swamp. So they'll always be worse on him. But let's just say for some reason Donald Trump said, you know what, I'm tired of this shit. I'm not running anymore. And let's say DeSantis gets in. Boom, that, that laser beam in the crosshairs is now going right at DeSantis. Or anybody else who would happen to become the front runner. Anyone else who they perceived as a threat. And one of those people isn't even a Republican. It's Robert F. Kennedy Jr. They're now ignoring him completely and acting as though he doesn't exist. Mainstream media has dismissed my candidacy as an irrelevancy. And, uh, you know, places like CNN, which have invited many of the Republican candidates who have much, much less polling support than I do, to do town halls and to, you know, and to express themselves on their important TV shows um, is, uh, has not treated me that way. Isn't that amazing? They're going to ignore him. CNN doesn't want to have a town hall with Robert Kennedy Jr. No, because he'll destroy Biden. See, they, they, they only want people on their network who are going to destroy Trump. So that's why they'll have fatso Chris Christie on there. Because he's the, he's the, if, if there was ever a dog whistle in history, it's for this pig. Hey, they must have been offering him some dog food to come into the race and just go after Trump. He'll be our pit bull. Chris Christie has nothing to offer in terms of policy ideas. Have you noticed that? Every time you hear him open that big fat mouth of his, despite the fat that's coming out, it's also nothing but wise regarding President Trump. Chris Christie is the worst example of a human being. He's a butthurt little boy who Trump rejected because of previous history between Christie and his illegalities as governor and U.S. attorney against Jared Kushner's father, who just happens to be the father of, or Jared Kushner happens to be the son-in-law of Donald Trump. So you're messing with my family. I'm not going to hire you. Let me ask you a question. If you owned a business, some guy comes in to get a job and you find out he was messing with your son-in-law's father, would you hire him? Trying to send your, your son-in-law's father to prison? Would you hire the guy? Of course not. So that's what started it with Christie. He was Donald Trump's greatest supporter. Oh, he spoke for him at the convention. Did he all of a sudden have an epiphany and think Donald Trump's wrong on these issues? No, of course not. Donald Trump wouldn't hire him as chief of staff, as attorney general. Christie tried for both, got neither. 
And Trump told him, it's family. So now what does Christie do? He goes out and he gets a job on ABC and starts screaming and yelling at Trump. And now decides, I'll run. I can scream and yell at him some more because now Fox will have me on. Fox has had Chris Christie on their air more than they've had any other candidate. What does that tell you about Fox? We talked about this Francis Suarez, the mayor of Miami, who's supposedly an up-and-comer in the Republican Party. But then he opens his mouth and you realize what he is. He's a liar. I don't know why he's gotten into a pissing match with Congressman Carlos Jimenez from Florida, but he has. Over what? Apparently over Trump. Because Suarez didn't vote for Trump either time. He lied and said, well, I'll let him tell the lie. Uh, Congressman Jimenez has uh, not taken his uh, ginkgo biloba because he forgets that he's the one that voted for Hillary Clinton in 2016. I voted for a Republican in 2016. I voted for a Republican in 2020. I wrote in Marco Rubio, my good friend, in 2016, and I wrote in Mike Pence in 2020. So I have no idea where he's getting. But uh, neither his fake time did you from. did you uh, write in or vote for for Donald Trump? Right? He was at the head of the ticket as the Republican standard bearer. Why not? I'm just curious. No, no, I didn't. I I didn't. Uh, I voted for the person who I thought would be best to be president at that time. So this guy is telling us, and he's lying, that he wrote in his friend Marco Rubio. And then he wrote in Mike Pence. Mike Pence was the vice president. He was the incumbent vice president on the ticket for re-election, and you wrote him in? How do you write him in? He's already on the ticket. For his case, Carlos Jimenez responded, yes, he voted for Hillary Clinton, believe it or not. A stupid move, but he admits it. Uh, well, I don't need uh, Jinko Belova to uh, recall my memory. I know exactly who I voted for in 2016. I've never denied it. Now the fact that he's denying who he voted for in 2016 and 2020 shows you what kind of person he really is. Look, he could have told us seven years ago that he voted and he wrote in his good friend Marco Rubio. We had to find out on your show. And then Mike Pence in 2020, uh, really? Well, Mike Pence was on the ticket. You didn't have to write him in. Uh, so, look... Uh, like I said, I'm not buying it, and, I th- and most of the people in Miami aren't buying it either. Uh, that's why he had to uh, do his announcement in California, not in his hometown of Miami, like mo- most people do when they announce they're running for president. Um, you did vote for Hillary Clinton though, in 2016? Yeah, I did. I've never denied it. Made a mistake. And then, you know, uh, President Trump uh, endorsed me in uh, 20, uh, 2020. I endorsed him, and he endorsed me again in 2022. And so, yeah, but I made that one mistake. He made three. He didn't vote for Trump in 2016. He voted for Andrew Gillum in 2018 over Ron DeSantis. And then he didn't vote for Trump. Now, look, I I actually don't know who he voted for, but I'm sure he didn't write in Marco Rubio and Mike Pence. I couldn't agree with him more. But this is Republican stuff, see? They argue with each other over who they voted for. (laughs) Suarez started this little pissing match, so that means this guy's worthless. Absolutely worthless. And he voted for Andrew Gillum over DeSantis. Can you imagine that? I think Andrew Gillum's in jail, isn't he? Nice call, Francis Suarez. Now, the most telling reason for me playing that clip was the one that him and his described. Yes, he voted for Hillary Clinton. It was a mistake. He knows it was a mistake. He then voted for President Trump in 2020, endorsed President Trump. President Trump endorsed him and then endorsed him again in the midterms in 2022. Now, that's not what Donald Trump does. We've heard this constantly from the media and from the liberals, that if you 
are perceived as disloyal to Donald Trump, he will squash you. Or if you don't do what Donald Trump threatens you to do, he'll cream you. Well, this guy voted for Hillary Clinton. Donald Trump didn't try to hurt him. Apparently, Donald Trump and he sat down and discussed it all. Not only came to the conclusion that, hey, we're cool, but Donald Trump then endorsed him. He endorsed Trump. Then Trump endorsed him again after he was out of office. Hardly the Donald Trump that is painted by the media or the liberal hacks. I don't know how familiar you are with the Space Corps, but apparently a lieutenant general by the name of Deanna Burt is really upset at these states for having anti-LGBTQ laws. In other words, they're not anti-LGBTQ laws. They're anti, they don't allow abortion. Uh, They don't allow some of these perversions in schools. Yeah, they don't allow that. She's upset with that. She says she just can't even figure out who to promote anymore. Transformational cultural change requires leadership from the top. And we do not have time to wait. Since January of this year, more than 400 anti-LGBTQ plus laws have been introduced at the state level. That number is rising and demonstrates a trend that could be dangerous for service members, their families, and the readiness of the force as a whole. When I look at potential candidates, say for squadron command, I strive to match the right person to the right job. I consider their job performance and relevant experience first. However, I also look at their personal circumstances, and their family is also an important factor. It's a good match for a job does not feel safe being themselves and performing at their highest potential at a given location, or if their family could be denied critical health care due to the laws in that state. I am compelled to consider a different candidate and perhaps less qualified. Wow, what a moron. What a complete moron. Beautiful stuff. Well, I told you at the beginning of the show that I would have this clip from the the show Newsroom written by Aaron Sorkin, a complete liberal. And Jeff Daniels plays the role of the network anchorman Will McAvoy, and he's a liberal in real life too. But this was written in 2016, seven years ago, and it fits today. As an anchorman at a symposium, Jeff Daniels is asked to, by a young female college student, in a few words, why America is the greatest country on earth. His answer might surprise her and you. What about the people? Why is America not the greatest, greatest country in the world? Professor, that's my answer. You're saying? Yes. Let's talk about... Fine. The- Sharon, the NEA is a loser. Yeah, it accounts for a penny out of her paycheck, but he gets to hit you with it anytime he wants. It doesn't cost money. It costs votes. It costs airtime and column inches. You know why people don't like liberals? Because they lose. If liberals are so fucking smart, how come they lose so goddamn always? Hey, and with a straight face, you're going to tell students that America is so star-spangled awesome that we're the only ones in the world who have freedom? Canada has freedom. Japan has freedom. The UK, France, Italy, Germany, Spain, Australia, Belgium has freedom. So 207 sovereign states in the world, like 180 of them have freedom. All right. And yet you, uh, sorority girl, just in case you accidentally wander into a voting booth one day, there's some things you should know. And one of them is 
There is absolutely no evidence to support the statement that we're the greatest country in the world. We're seventh in literacy, 27th in math, 22nd in science, 49th in life expectancy, 178th in infant mortality, third in median household income, number four in labor force, and number four in exports. We lead the world in only three categories. Number of incarcerated citizens per capita, number of adults who believe angels are real, and defense spending, where we spend more than the next 26 countries combined, 25 of whom are allies. Now, none of this is the fault of a 20-year-old college student, but you nonetheless are, without a doubt, a member of the worst period, generation period ever, period. So when you ask what makes us the greatest country in the world, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yosemite? Sure used to be. We stood up for what was right. We fought for moral reasons. We passed laws, struck down laws for moral reasons. We waged wars on poverty, not poor people. We sacrificed, we cared about our neighbors. We put our money where our mouths were and we never beat our chest. We built great big things, made ungodly technological advances, explored the universe, cured diseases and we cultivated the world's greatest artists and the world's greatest economy. We reached for the stars, acted like men. We aspired to intelligence. We didn't belittle it. It didn't make us feel inferior. We didn't identify ourselves by who we voted for in the last election and we didn't, we didn't scare so easy. We were able to be all these things and do all these things because we were informed by great men, men who were revered. First step in solving any problem is recognizing there is one. America is not the greatest country in the world anymore. Pay diem, Aaron Sorkin for writing that, Jeff Daniels for voicing it. It is 100% spot on, even still today. We are not the greatest country in the world. We're an embarrassment. You want some proof? Russia, a Russian court, rejected the argument from the Wall Street Journal journalist, of course, that he's not a spy. They just simply rejected it. So we over here, we laugh at that and we say, <laughs> Russian court, of course, Russian court. There's no such thing. We have in prison hundreds of political prisoners who didn't do a damn thing wrong. How are we any better than Russia? The answer is we're not. We're almost worse. Well, we are worse because we act like we don't do that. Our judiciary is so politically warped, biased, and corrupted that it's laughable. To the point where every time there's a, a case of any notoriety, you have to find out who appointed the judge first to see what's going to happen. Because judges don't rule based on the law anymore. They rule on their own political persuasions. There is no judge in this country appointed by Donald Trump who should rule in Donald Trump's favor just because he appointed them. Likewise, there's no, there should be no judge appointed by Bill Clinton or Obama or Biden that should rule against President Trump simply because of who appointed them. But they do. I haven't heard too many judges rule in his favor. 
Although over in the Western District of New York, they did a, a, a liberal judge throughout that case against President Trump just last week. That didn't get any notoriety, if you noticed. We mentioned it. But that is that that short clip there is 100% exactly correct in what's wrong with this country. We were informed at one time. We're not anymore. Most people don't know shit. And they don't care to know. And they're not informed by great men because we don't have any great men leading this country. We have criminals. We have corrupt congressmen and women. We have liars. We have corrupt media. How in the world can you look at this country and say it's the best country on earth? It's laughable. And that comment is laughable for its stupidity. Somewhere has to be better than this place. And I say that like Thomas Lishway, who was the valedictorian in my high school graduation class at CBC, the military portion of the school and supported by the administration had screwed him over the last week of school, took him from cadet colonel and busted him down to a private because he was goofing around at the final inspection of our high school lives. Whoop-dee-doo. They thought they'd send a message. Well, guess what? They messed with the wrong cadet. Because as he spoke at the graduation, he prefaced his remarks by saying, I love CBC, but like a mother loves her child, she will also correct that child and point out when he's wrong. And then he went into a litany of things. He even touched on Vietnam and the military. People were screaming at him. Parents were screaming at him in Keele Auditorium, yelling at him to shut up. And so if you sit back and let this country sink into the abyss like it's doing without saying anything, you're a traitor. That's what I believe. Go ahead and persuade me otherwise. But that's what we've become. We are a third world banana republic, if we can even qualify as a republic anymore. We once had the greatest document in history of mankind, the Constitution. It's now been trampled on, been ignored, violated. It once governed this country. Not anymore. Freedom of speech is being censored everywhere in this country for one one political persuasion. Your life will be turned upside down. They'll raid your home in the middle of the night if you happen to disagree with them. That's Russia stuff. That's what you read about in Nazi Germany and Mussolini's Italy and Stalin's Russia. You never read that stuff in the United States. When did you ever read that? When in your lifetime was a pastor's home raided in the middle of the night by armored FBI vehicles and tons of agents with guns drawn? Did that ever happen before? If it did, it's the greatest most tightly held secret in the history of our nation. We used to be appalled by seeing video of someone going into a jewelry store and robbing the place. Now it happens every day, and it's groups of thugs doing it. They know they won't get caught. And in fact, the employees are told not to resist. And if you do resist, you get fired. Where do we live? It's not the United States. And it isn't getting any better as each day goes on. It's getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And yes, we can blame the media. They are our gravest danger. There isn't any question about it. But I blame the uninformed people. 
you heard in that piece there, we were informed. That's what made us a great country. But you're not informed anymore. You listen to what the media tells you. That's how you get your information? Seriously? You shouldn't pay attention to a thing I say on this show without checking it out. But we back it with facts and evidence on this show. We don't just say it. And if you can give me facts and evidence that says this is the best country in the world, I'm all ears. But you can't do it. Because I'll quickly point out to the gulags, the political gulags in Washington, and then you try to tell me that we're any better than anybody else. We used to pride ourselves that we didn't do that to our own citizens. Now we do it. And we're doing it. And no one's objecting. There should be national outrage over this. We've done our part. We've actually interviewed one of the prisoners from the jail cell. But where's the outrage? I don't see it. So thank you, Jeff Daniels. Thank you, Aaron Sorkin. Liberals both. For writing that and for speaking the truth seven years ago, and it pertains to this country today. That was a great show newsroom, by the way. I loved it. I was just so disheartened when it was canceled. I don't know if it was canceled or if Aaron Sorkin just got tired of doing it. I don't know about that. Very bizarre. But what a great show and what a great clip. And on that, we shall end the day. But that's uh, that's my two cents. Hopefully, you'll be moved enough to think about it and look into it and See what you conclude based on your own knowledge. But he's correct. We had smart men who informed us, great men who informed us. We don't have great men or women informing us anymore. We used to be able to take to the bank what Walter Cronkite told us. Would you believe any network anchor man or woman now? Would you even believe them? If you do, you're a fool. Until we don't have gulags of political prisoners, we are no better than Nazi Germany. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everybody.